It's so quiet. I can fix that. Okay, there we go. <clears throat> All right, BP Hero Podcast, Season 7, Episode Number 16. Gonna edit this title real quick. Here we go. BP Hero Podcast, Season 7, Episode Number 16. Thanks for stopping in. If you're on YouTube, catching this later, or now, or Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, it's available on all platforms. Wherever you may choose, we appreciate you stopping in. On today's docket is going to be a wish list of bats, many of which will be coming soon to the channel. And what's it like to consistently hit 500-foot home runs? At Nick Ray, what's up, buddy? How you doing? We can also lump in whatever kind of topics or, or questions or anything like that you guys want to tackle for the week, of course, as usual. But we got a mess of stuff coming. Got an absolute mess of bats that we're going to be reviewing here soon. Pretty excited, I'm not going to lie to you. We get done here. We go take a picture for a thumbnail. And then we'll be dropping a video. May surprise you. At first, but once you get to the end, you'll understand. How is everybody else doing tonight, Nick? That includes yourself as well. <clears throat> Just another dreary, rainy night here in Missouri. I, d I don't think it's ever going to end. Like, I think it has rained. We're, we're now at the 20th of April. <laughs> 420. <laughs> It's the 20th of April, and I would be willing to bet it has rained more days than it has not. It's just absolute insanity. What's up, Adam? How you doing, buddy? Nick says just left the new store. Yeah, I heard uh, you're moving on up, huh? Got your own store now? That's pretty cool, man. Always love to see people moving up. I don't care if it's in softball. I don't care what it is. Life, whatever. If we're moving up, we're doing better for ourselves, and that's always a good thing. There's Q. Q doing Q things. What's up, buddy? How we doing tonight? Turn this up a little bit. Q, for some reason, I always seem to remember when you show up in the chat here. How's our how's our voice to music ratio? We doing okay? terrifies me that I put that trust in you, but we're going to, right? Is that okay? <laughs> I 
Music could go down a couple of notches. Okay, I can handle that. So Thad checking in says he swung Harvey's new bat. The what's the what is the name of that bat? Help me out. It's even a one piece, right? You know I love me some one pieces. Jason, how you doing, buddy? John Hancock, good evening, my man. Love me some One Piece bats. Love them, love them, love them. Almost thought about grabbing that One Piece Suncoast. Just because it's a One Piece. Available at headbangersports.com, of course. Vanquish, okay. I couldn't remember what the name of that thing was. Q says, let me know. I might be able to hook it up with that one piece. Yeah, you mentioned that. Um, you know I'm always down for whatever. And I do believe... <clears throat> people say a lot of things when they've uh, had soda pops. <laughs> this, uh, this, this gentleman who is local... Uh, had had a few soda pops that night, but did mention that um, he got the new Monster U-Trip bat. Won it in a raffle and said we could potentially get some swings in with it. Whether he remembers that night after his soda pops, I don't know. Maybe I should follow up and see. But the bat wish list is a big one. I'm, I'm excited to talk about that one. It's going to be like Christmas all over again. Have I heard anything good with the Monster U trip? No, I haven't. Um, I saw you know some of the conference guys swinging them and doing their thing, but um, again, if they're playing at that level, there's a decent chance you get hit with a broomstick. So you try to take some of that with a grain of salt, right? Yeah, Adam, you're right. It's hard to tell watching them because, like, the the other big thing right now is the Easton thing. I guess I said big thing. Uh, <laughs> pun, right? Um, but I guess the, the other popular bat to swing right now is the Easton thing. And maybe because that's new, because it's new. Um, I am going to elaborate that, on that here in a minute, why my excitement is to swing that. So I'm really looking forward to that one. But I see that a lot of guys have been swinging that. So is the bat good? Or sorry, is it that much better than the others? Does it feel that much better than the others? Uh, really, I think ultimately it comes down to like what those guys prefer in a bat. Because again, they get hit with anything, so it doesn't really matter, right? 
to getting squared away here, getting a couple of things ready to rock and roll. Not just completely leaving you guys hanging here since we're letting everybody kind of file in and get ready for the for the action here. And again, fire away. Questions, comments, things you want to hear. Let me know so I can talk about it. Talk about damn near anything on here, right? One thing we can talk about, and I'm going to talk about it right now. Because it's not relevant to softball, maybe a little. But it's just a point of frustration. So, <clears throat> I'm not an Apple guy, right? Um, I have an iPhone. But I'm not necessarily like a brand snob. I do give people a hard time for not having an iPhone. But that's mainly because iPhones cooperate very well together. And a lot of people have them, so it's really easy to uh, interface a lot of different things when it comes to iPhone to iPhone. So I do give my friends hard times that have Androids. But the Apple AirTag, I'm sure there's different varieties of this for Android-based devices or whatever. But uh, the Apple AirTag, I, uh, I recently purchased myself one of these, right? And I got it for the dog. Thinking like, yeah, you know, dude ever makes a run for it. We got him, right? So essentially it's going to work off of Bluetooth until it gets out of a certain range. And then long, complicated explanation short, it's going to ping off of uh, other iPhones that have the find my feature enabled. It, you know, it's not going to tell the iPhone user it's around the other iPhone user. It's not going to tell me about the other iPhone user. It's just uh, basically like everything feeds back to a server, right? And then it puts out the information where it needs to securely and safely. So I was thinking to myself, like, I can get this air tag for the dog, put it on this little slum bitch, and if he runs, I got him, right? So I grabbed this thing, get it get it on there, and I get to look and get and do a little research. I'm like, all right, I got it on my phone. So now I'm going to put it on the wife's and, you know, send it to a couple of friends as well. Just so, you know, everybody can kind of have it and that kind of thing. You can only link it to one device. I was kind of like, man, what the heck? That's kind of lame. So it's 30 bucks. And I won't take it back, but I am going to find a different solution to this issue. Because what if I'm not home and the dog makes a run for it and I, I'm not available? What if uh, I let my wife pair it to her phone and she's not home and she's not available to answer her phone to tell me where the dog is at? That just stinks. So we've got to figure out, figure out a workaround for that. But... It did get me thinking, like, man, it'd be kind of convenient to use for ball bags. Or, like, uh, valuable items that uh, you would take with you to a ball field or on vacation or whatever else. Simply from the standpoint of, it'll literally take you down to the inch of where your device is at that has the tag in it. And you can even ping the tag. It'll make noises and that kind of thing. They're waterproof to a certain extent. Obviously, you can't just throw it in a pond, right? But it, it can withstand um, some some weather, some weather, some water, and that kind of thing. So, like, my thought process went to, like, man, it'd be good for, like, ball bags or something, right? You know, we've all heard the horror stories of uh, ball bags just running off. 
everybody's in the field. Next thing you know, uh, the ball bag's not there anymore. Man, I mean, perfect. Especially, again, most people having iPhones these days. All it takes is one person to have the Find My feature on. And there you are. What? Oh. Oh, huh? Oh. Uh, all it takes is one person to have the Find My feature on. And there you are. What? No, I'm not. All it takes is one person to have the Find My feature on, and there you are. And even if they haven't left the park with your bag yet, uh, they say the radius on those is close to 800 feet. I mean, stroll through the parking lot. There's a million different ways to protect your valuable asset of your roller bag that has flashing disco lights and a boom box and uh, USB ports and power ports and... uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm waiting for one soon that's going to have like a pop-up barbecue grill in it. People are getting wild with the, th- with the money they spend on their bags. Spend 30 bucks and track that some bitch, right? <laughs> yeah, Jason, Nolan Arenado did hit a two-run bomb. Smoked that thing. And I wonder if they... If they will... I, I guess I should have looked... Did the official score go back and count that as a four-base error? Because it did hit off of his glove. It did hit off the left fielder's glove when he jumped up. It hit the left fielder's glove, hit the top of the fence, and then went over the fence. So, in theory, that's a four-base error. I know the official scorer will go back and make rulings on um, fielding plays where you know they don't make a decision there in the time being, but they will later. I wonder if that's a deal where they'll go back and change that to a four-base error. But either way, Arenado came up clutch again. Money well spent for the Cardinals. Glad I can go out and buy Cardinals gear to watch him uh, show out and play like that. Real quick, before we get started with our topics, so I know I'm going past my little 10-minute buffer and I don't care. Where is everybody playing at this weekend? I see Q talking about playing WSL. I do believe that's somewhere probably in the Kansas City area, right? We were going to try and play at the lake, but doesn't sound like that's going to work out. Bummer, right? <laughs> Adam says he's playing in the recliner. I mean, you can play a video game in the recliner. See, that's the glory of that, right? <laughs> And real quick, again, we'll get started with softball. This whole Debo Samuel thing. Man, I'm just not sure how I feel about that. And for a couple of different reasons. I have yet to hear on a specific reason why he wants out. Everybody's got their speculation and that kind of thing, and maybe I should have did a little research before I, I brought this up, but um, I have yet to hear why he would want out. But it's frustrating to see, and especially with uh, NCAA as well, uh, people using the player portal like it's going out of style, things not going their way, they just go to a different school. What happened to commitment, dedication to the grind? 
So if something's not going your way, you just pack up and leave and go somewhere else? Is that how this works now? It's just, uh, I don't want to use the word frustrating, but in a, in lack of better terms, I mean it is, right? What kind of narrative or what kind of example are we setting for the young fans of the game who see, this isn't going my way, I'm out of here. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. Right? I mean, at the end of the day, it's the players. Sorry, we are entertained at the, I won't say the players' expense because obviously they're they're greatly compensated for their, what you might call, services. But that, that's just getting old. I don't want to play here. I don't want to be traded. Why does it seem to be more and more of a thing? You used to hear of it. Maybe once in off season, some player holding out or going through the lockout, not practicing or doing this or doing that. But now it's just a thing like this person's doing it, that person's doing it. This person demands a trade. Well, they don't want to be here anymore because you know the the sky is not the perfect shade of blue anymore. Or they 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 went from fescue grass to zoysia grass. I can't play on these conditions. Like, come on. The program. People are just out here aggravating me. Yeah, so Nick, what about the USFL? I saw that uh that was kicking off. Honestly, I forgot to watch. I've been so consumed in baseball and and uh and that stuff, I completely forgot about the USFL. I'm not even going to sit here and sugarcoat that fact. dive in here. Big news coming today on the podcast. We got bats coming, guys. We got bats for our bats. And then there's bats for the bats that don't have bats for the bats. And then when there's enough bats for the bats, we have bats for the bats. And this doesn't even include the throwback stuff. Got uh, what five of those? I think sitting in the uh, closet, ready to go as well. I got a bat closet, and it's literally just full of bats. And keep your bat boxes, guys. You never know when you're going to need them. Of course, now these days you got to pay an extra fifteen dollars to ship one, but you can't win all the battles, right? So we've got a mess of stuff coming. Let's kind of go through the list here and talk about it. Starting off, Headbanger uh, has, for those that don't know, and I think I think this will be like two birds in one stone a little bit. 
so kind of the way I look at uh, what you might call the industry, as far as the, the retail things on the slow pitch side of stuff, is you want Easton, you go one place. You want anything else, you go to Headbanger. That's That's kind of the way it seems to me and the way it presents itself. But we've tried to push, mentioned it, talked about it. Um, Headbanger Sports does now carry Easton. And they, they have a very wide variety of, of Easton products. They have had, you know, slow pitch. I'm sorry, they've had fast pitch and ba- I think maybe some baseball stuff. And basically everything but slow pitch. They've had that stuff for a while now. But Headbanger is now carrying Easton's slow pitch. So the goal is to make Headbanger your one-stop shop for everything, right? And it's also nice, too, not that I'm necessarily like a brand snob or particular to a certain brand or anything else, but coming from like a business side of the thought process, you have to kind of stop and think, You know, Brian's a big Easton guy. I have a lot of friends that are big Easton guys, but we don't really mess around with reviewing a lot of Eastons on the channel, at least until now. Just simply from the standpoint of if it's something a headbanger can't sell, I'm pushing business elsewhere, right? So this, this acquisition is good. It's very good for headbanger, but we need to um, do our job and kind of get them on the map, right? And make headbanger your one-stop shop. So... With that comes reviews, comes views. Sorry, doing the reviews comes views to the channel, comes uh, opportunities for sales and everything else. So we got uh, a decent bit of, of Easton stuff coming here, and I'm not mad at that fact at all. I used to be a big time Easton fan. They kind of, the new kind of wore off of that for me. And I got into the piers a little bit. Now I got a bag full of Mikans again. I don't know what I'm doing. Sweetheart, in case you hit it, that's all I can tell you. <laughs> so we have the uh, some from the comic series. We don't have the whole comic series coming, but we have the Easton Ba. So they have the... What is it? I, I gotta look these up just to make sure I get this right, because we have the comic series stuff, right? So we have the Zwap, the Arg, the Ba... The Wham, the Pow, the Bam, the Kapow. I dig it. I dig the idea behind giving something, you know, giving stuff a different name, a unique name. They're sticking with like the comic theme. Yeah, some of them sound kind of funny to say, like, oh, what are you swinging today? Oh, I'm swinging the Easton Arg or the Easton Ba, the Zwap. But, like, Think of it from the standpoint of like, you know, you make maps for so long, you run out of names and start calling stuff, right? That's why certain manufacturers release bats at a certain point in the year that they've already released, but they do it with different paint jobs. Because they don't want to make a whole bunch of the same thing. You make something new, it gets hype, gets traction, gets attention, gets sales. There's a there's a thought process behind this, because some people are like, oh great, just a repaint. Right, we don't repaint is not a word we like to use on this channel, but 
it's it's becoming very much more and more thing as, as time has gone on. It used to be different, but you know, your times just catch up with you. You can only do so many different things. But so they got the comic series, got all this cool stuff. Headmare has the full Schmear comic series. So they have the Ba. And then we also have the Headbanger exclusive limited edition POW coming as well. That would be one of the first ones we do. I'm excited to swing that one. Then the Easton Thing. Really excited to swing the thing, and here's why. Somebody can correct me on this if I'm wrong, but I do believe that Easton has never done a two-piece bat with an alloy handle. That's super intriguing to me. Because you've got... The Black Magic, which is, we also have one of those coming. It is a composite handle, but it is marketed as a super stiff alloy handle. Super, super stiff alloy handle. Don's, Don Cooper's words to me were super stiff. Sorry, I said alloy handle. I'm an idiot. Don Cooper's words to me were super stiff composite handle. So you've got the super stiff composite handle in the Black Magic. And then you've got an alloy handle, which should, in theory, be stiffer, right? But what's that going to do for feedback? How's that going to change feedback and how the bat feels? I don't think it's going to change a ton in performance. I mean, obviously it can't, right? Or everybody would use a certain type of handle. But variety is good. I really like this from the standpoint of variety is good. Because everything's to everything these days, damn near everything is two-piece. And everything is inloaded. Everything is short barrel. At least it's a 12.75, which I still consider short barrel. It's inloaded. But they do offer a balanced version as well. But it's an alloy handle. It's different. It's uncharted waters for Easton. I'm here for it. I'm here for the action. Different is good. Different is good. So we got the Ba, the Pow, the Thing, the Ghost Mondo. I'm intrigued to try that. I do think with the Ghost Tech, the bigger the barrel, the better. I'm just going to say that now. For those of you who may want to be trying the Easton ASA stuff out, I think you're much better served to get something with the biggest barrel you can. So we got the uh, Ghost Mondo 13.5 inch inloaded barrel coming. Then we do have, every now and then, I do like to mix in I'm going to start doing this as well. If it's a, something that's a really good deal on the website, that kind of thing, because we're not, I kind of got away from doing, just reviewing whatever comes through the door, right? I was like stuck on, oh, it's 2021, I can only do 2021 bats. Or it's 2020, I can only do 2020 bats, or vice versa. I did that for the last two or three years. And then I kind of realized like, there's times where something will go on sale and people start asking about it. And I'm like, well, I don't know, I haven't swung and I'm not going to or somebody wanting to send something to me that might be a couple years old, starting to gain a little traction, they want to send it to me. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. Could I get some narrow-minded? I don't really know. But we have the 2021. Uh, Mike can benefit the badge coming in a 12-inch. Decided to swing that. We got the KP, Mike and Kyle Pearson. And the U-Trip and the ASA coming. Year in, year out, short brown micans have always been good, and we know how the BP Hero feels about short brown micans, and we know how Brian, the BP Hero's BP partner, feels about short brown micans because uh, he's back on the micin train too. He's got a bag full of micans. Big Easton guy, 
Now he's a big Mike and guy again. What's happening to us? So we got the KP, U-Triple-S-A, and the ASA coming. We've got the Mikan Primo Balanced U-Trip coming. That's going to be a big barrel. Big barrel balance has always kind of been something that secretly I do like to dabble with from time to time. I don't think I could ever game one. But the Mikan Big Barrel Balance stuff is usually just almost foolproof to hit. And it always takes me back to uh, my local guys. I know my guy, Mike Crossman, used to swing nothing but the red for the Fallens. And we go play league. I used to, you know, make my way down to St. Louis with work and go play league. And uh, I, I would swing his balance for the Fallen, the red one, the good one. Oh, man. I would swing that thing every chance I got. So that kind of takes me back. We got the big barrel, Primo. Balanced U Triple SA coming. We've got a Shannon Smith creature from Worth. I haven't swung one of these Shannon Smith creatures yet. Obviously, he's going to be really close to the uh, KP, right? But again, we got to swing this stuff because we got to know. We got to figure out what's different. And the other big one that I'm excited to swing, it's going to be coming up like real, real quick, real fast in a hurry, is the Headbanger Sports Louisville Slugger exclusive voltage. Absolutely sick looking bat. Absolutely sick. Let's see if I can get... Oh, it's right there, yeah. So, can I do this? Of course, it's super zoomed in, right? Why wouldn't it be? Look at that. Just look at it. If I can get it to hold still. Sick. Sick bat. If you if you're an OG at all, you remember the voltage SB73V, not the 78V, the SB73V. Absolutely sick ASA bat. Yes, snacks. They did go to Utrip. Let's just be honest. Utrip's selling right now, and Louisville being uh, mainly based out of Canada now, I just don't feel like they're going to have a ton of interest in an ASA bat. Just to be uh, hundred, I, I don't know that for a fact. That's just mere speculation, but that's kind of how I feel about that. But that thing looks sick. Absolutely no question about it. So we got one of those coming. That should be here hopefully Friday. I'm going to try to get some swings in with it as soon as I can. And something I'm going to do is really cool. Um, my, my good friend Tom Brown, OG guy from the softball fans days, it, he does have the uh, 73V, which is the good ASA model. So they kind of, Louisville kind of duped everybody back in the day. They made the uh, SB, the, talking model numbers here, the bats looked nearly identical. They made an SB73V model and then an SB78V. So the SB73V was regarded as one of the hottest ASA bats in the game at the time. Very small sweet spot, but just a rocket launcher if you could live on it. So Louisville turns around a couple years later and comes out with a 78V. Looks the same. Everything about it is the same. Even down to the fact that it's... <laughs> they went with a 73 and a 78 
And like, stop and think about that. And the fact that you could just wipe half the eight off and make it a 73. There were guys that, oh, bat, you know, dropped my bat and it got scratched. Uh, I think it's a 73 V and would charge $400 for it. I've seen this happen. I have, I saw this happen maybe once. Just from a naive buyer. Because naive buyers are out there. It's our job to inform them, right? But they bought the 78V that had the 8 scratches into a 3. Turns out that thing was some kind of... I, th- I think the, the premise of that band at the time was basically to make something that was supposed to be like middle-of-the-road performance, right? Or kind of like the Voltage 2 that they made kind of those like middle of the road composite bats that aren't the best but they're they're not the worst either but sometimes they are the worst like the 78v was <laughs> but they they duped a lot of people they got a lot of people excited for nothing absolutely nothing it was almost laughable how bad the bat was but fast forward headbanger says hey you know what let's do a voltage i'm here for it and i'm gonna tell you these are available right now but they're not going to be for very long. Louisville is starting to get to the point of Suncoast when it comes to product just flying off the shelf. So if you see Louisville in stock somewhere and you're thinking about getting one, you better buy it. And I'm going to tell you right now, there is some of these left, but you're going to want to get them before they're gone. See, Thad says, I love the HB cartels they did. Yeah. The, uh, the, the HB cartel was, was, was sick. Nick Ray, Easton Hybrid, you know what D-Ray says? Yeah, I know what D-Ray says, and I don't care. <laughs> the Mike and Hybrid was atrocious. <laughs> uh, yeah, Adam, the uh, the goat, the Easton goat, the goat, they call it whatever, um, was marketed as having a super stiff handle. Yes, you are correct. Um, not an alloy handle, though. We're here for alloy handles on this deal, Okay. Uh, Jason says some of the Eastern tech can now be seen and worth in Mikan. So that's been speculation for a very long time that now that all these companies are in bed together, they start kind of sharing technologies and doing that thing. It, it's, it's not, I'm not going to sit here and say it's not true 1000% of the time, but you'd be hard pressed to see the variation in technology going away. Easton's still going to be Easton, and then Mike and Worth are still going to be Mike and Worth. I have come to the conclusion over the last four or five years and firmly believe and will stand behind the only difference between Mike and Worth is handles and maybe, just maybe, a play on how they're loaded. But outside of that, I do 1,000% believe it's the same barrel. Feedback is different between the two, and I do personally think it's from the handles. And they've been that way for a long time. Let's see. I guess it was when I'm dating myself here a little bit. It was a 2013 when the legit series, the two piece legits came out as I feel like kind of when that started becoming a thing. And then you fast forward to about 2016 ish. And that's when you really start to notice like, Hey, this, this feels a lot like that, but with just a little bit different feedback, it breaks in just as fast it lasts just as long. It hits just as well. It sounds close to the same. If you if it had a different handle on it, 
it would change the, the tone of the bat as far as like the, the sound when you hit a ball. I am just about firmly convinced that, like I said, the difference between the two is just the handles and maybe a play on loading. But to say that we're going to see Easton and Mike and Worth, their technologies all kind of run together, no. I know that when the parent company of Easton at the time bought out Combat, there was a lot of speculation that Combat's technology went into the Eastons, and that's not true. Don Cooper told me that himself, and I firmly believe that. Because you got to think, so Combat gets bought out and shut down in 2016. The only reason I know that is because I'm a bat nerd. So that was 2016. And then 2017, all these Eastons are just pissing fire almost out of the wrapper, right? Especially compared to what they had been. The Raw Power Series, uh, you had the Easton Torque, which was a step up from the Raw Power Series as far as break-in time and performance goes. But back companies like that aren't going to just, you know, roll out of bed in one morning and say, all right, we got them now. Let's get the technology going. Now, they, they were probably testing that stuff early, early into uh, 2016, maybe even 2015, you know, because they're... If, you, if you're not testing and changing and experimenting and doing things, you're going to fall behind. So to think that just because they bought a bat company that was known for a quick break-in and that kind of thing, that they all of a sudden have a line for all the rocket launchers because they combine the two technologies, not likely. I mean, Easton was already on the way with that because we had the TCT composite in the torque line. So you had the torque and then you had the... What were they called? Smash it special editions or whatever they were. Basically, uh, a torque without the twisty handle. Then you had the Black Flex that came out towards the end of 2016, which was the debut of the uh, Flex technology. And from there, that it evolved into the Helmer Flex, the Baker Flex, the Wegman Flex, and then a couple years of that, and then it evolves into the Fire Flex. That stuff was already coming down the pipe before Easton and combat ended up under the same roof. And yes, like the raw powers are great BP bats. <laughs> um, just kind of to pay a homage to the fact that 52s rely way more on how they're hit than what they're hit with. I had a 2015 Scott Kirby in a 28 ounce. And dude, I thought that bat was the greatest freaking thing ever. I was like, dude, this bat is sick. Oh, it's so awesome. Because all we hit was 52s. So all the stuff that we played around here was all ASA. So it was all 52s. And you could swing at for just... I know I've repeated this probably a thousand times on this podcast. But for those that don't know, in Missouri, as far as ASA play goes, you can swing a U-trip bat. So that's how damn near everything is played around here. Is basically it's any... 1.20 BPF stamped or ASA stamped bat minus a senior essentially you know you've got stuff like the OG freaks and stuff that are banned but nobody hardly uses them anymore there's not enough of them around but I had this 2015 Scott Kirby dude this bat is sick it's so awesome it's great because you're hitting ASA balls everywhere you go and then even in playing NSA we were hitting 52 275s at the time I probably didn't hit a hard ball with that bat in a game all year long 
And I thought it was the best bat ever, man. Because the 52 soaks up a lot of feedback that a stiff bat can give you. And it all, and it all relies on how it's hit, right? How it's spun, how it's squared up. So I had a pretty good year swinging that bat. And looking back on it now, I had a, a couple of buddies of mine that have bought those bats for BP bats. And just their heads, your hands are just begging for mercy at the end of a round. And even hitting and I'm like, man, this thing is not great. <laughs> what did I see here? And then I realized, ah, it was just the 52s. The 52s was what made it good. Because it don't matter. Uh, Q says question, ASA bat or U-trip bat. Uh, better for 52, 300 balls. If you're really getting down to apples to apples, the ASA bat will be better with the 52, 300 balls. But I personally don't feel like the difference in performance is enough to justify buying an ASA bat if you're comfortable and you really like your U-trip bats. I'm not saying you can't buy an ASA bat. But it's like, if you're getting ready to join an ASA league and they're hitting 52s and you can swing whatever you want and you've got a whatever bat. I don't want to spit a brain out because then everybody's going to think, I mean, this one brain hits them better. It doesn't. But if, if you've got this bat that's super hot, you got it broke in really well, it, it's it's like one of those like, man, I, I can't get enough of this thing. Go swing it. Because you're going to do just as well with a bat that you're comfortable with instead of buying whatever ASA bat someone tells you to buy. A lot of times, that's another thing that puzzles me is people say, oh yeah, I swing this in U-Trip and I swing this in ASA. And what they swing in U-Trip is not even close to the ASA bat that they bought for ASA. Yeah, just don't play ASA very well. Well, it's because you're swinging a 25 balanced in ASA and you're swinging a 27 inload in U-Trip. You're swinging two completely different bats. There's people that make that work, but those people are just built different. But ultimately, yes, I do believe, I know that there's videos out there, but there's a lot more, you know, of, of someone hitting an ASA bat next to a U-trip bat with a 52, but there's so many more variables that go into that, that me personally, maybe the overthinking side of things, you got to stop and think about, but I can tell you right now, I would take a U-trip bat testing at 180 and hit a 52 with it. And, and feel just as good as I would if I picked up uh, a, a Monster or an Anarchy or a Demarini Flipper or anything like that. I would feel just as confident hitting that ball with my super broken in Mikan or Worth or Easton or Louisville U-trip bat as I would hitting it with an ASA bat. You might get like a mile or two more of exit speed, but not worth it in my opinion. If you like your U-Trip bats and you don't need an ASA bat, swing your U-Trip bats. Circling back to this list, though. So anyway, we got the voltage coming. Uh, I did mention in the intro, potentially a U-Trip monster coming. Potentially. If for some slim chance in hell you're listening to this and we had that discussion, reach out. Doubt you are, but just in case. And I think I'm going to snag... The DeMarini Red Bat. Fat Guy BP just did a video on his. Got me intrigued. I loved the Red Bat. <laughs> so, I think I gotta have one to try out. 
you guys need to go head over to Fat Guy BP's channel, check out his review of the Red Bat. Then I think I'm going to also grab D. Marini Mercy while I'm in there and just trying to get the ASA content going for you guys, right? And then I'm sitting here talking myself into a One Piece Suncoast, I think. Yeah, right. Why not? And then we also have the D. Marini Food Dog coming. So the stadium and the Food Dog are going to be some hot commodities this year. The stadium review will be up after this podcast. We can even... Let's do this. Pre-launch. Okay. Why not, right? See if you guys want to watch a stadium review real quick before I go throw it on the other channel. Because that, that review will be up after the podcast. And... That's an interesting one, because man, I, the short barrels, the short, excuse me, the, I, I get lost for words sometimes. So the short barrel Demarinis are kind of hit or miss, you might say, but they figured it out this year, and we were wondering for a minute, because like last year with the Vanilla Gorilla, it's kind of like, eh, even after we got it broken, it was just kind of, eh. But they, they got it figured out this year. The big thing to take away from this is patience is going to be a virtue. And what the hell is wrong with having to break a bat in? We're not used to breaking bats in anymore. We're not used to having to put three or 400 swings on a bat to get it loosened up and ready to hit in games. If we have to put more than 100 swings on a bat to break it in, we're just in an outroar, right? But I'm going to tell you something. It was worth the wait. I'm going to put that somewhere in the thumbnail you know, always try and like allude to like what the the premise of the video is, and dude, the premise of the video is don't give up on it. And you you'll see what I'm talking about in the in the video. It looks like we're getting ready to watch it here based on how the votes are going. Sorry for you uh, audio listeners, whether you be catching up later or the uh, Apple Podcast or Spotify. But it looks like you might want to skip ahead about five or six minutes here in, in a couple of minutes after this review plays. But we were kind of like, what did we get ourselves into? This thing is not fun. And this was supposed to be kind of one of these staples of the headbanger lineup this year, right? And you can't be fair and like put 100 swings on a bat. If it's still testing over 300, you can't let that be the review of that bat, especially if you know for a fact that like, Something's off here. Something's not right. That should catch your attention and keep you wanting to dive into the review further, right? So we ended up... I, I want to say we ended up close to... I think I said 200 in the video, and I honestly think it was closer to 300 swings on this before we shot the review. And whoa. Like the last probably 30 or 40 before we decided to put it down and and then get ready to for the review... Man, it was just like somebody flipped a switch. I don't know if maybe it's just the outer layers that just needed to get loosened up, warmed up. Man, I don't know. But, man, like they 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 got it figured out. The short barrel stuff is good. So, let me... Let's see... 
trying to think of how I can do this without... Oh my goodness. Let's do this. I always love like the random shit that comes up on, on YouTube too, for, like for you to watch. So I don't use this, this second channel for literally anything besides these videos. The second I get done, I log back into my other video where I like, I keep all my stuff I watch and stuff. So some of the stuff I see pop up in here sometimes I'm like, what in God's name are they trying to get me to watch? Pause our music. Check out this Stupid ads. Who puts ads in their videos? Seriously. <laughs> Alright. Dismiss. And take some break in time with it is what we did. We hit it and hit it and hit it and hit it. And then when we were done, we checked in with it again, kind of gave a look at it and decided it's getting better, but it needs to be hit some more. You can't really consider it fair to be able to put 50 to 100 swings on every bat we swing and get an honest review out of it. This was one that was clearly going to need some break in time just to kind of prove what it was worth. You could tell by just how it was swinging and how the barrel felt that it needed to break in. You're seeing it here at about the 200 swing mark, and the sound's starting to change. The barrel's becoming a little more forgiving, and if you get a ball in the screws, it really starts to jump. So from there, we knew it was getting really close to where we wanted it so we could shoot a review on it, and it would be fair. And hit it again, and 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 again, until we decided this thing was finally ready. And here we are checking in with this bat at about 250-ish swings. I'm not even going to lie to you. And as we see in a minute on the tester here, it's still testing fairly high, but it's definitely has turned the corner as far as performance goes. It's hitting really well. DeMarini and Louisville have kind of figured out how to get these bats to hit well and still test super high. Not 100% sure how that works, but I can tell you is it's working. Look at this video. Good old open field BP here. Everybody loves that, right? We're hitting our mix of evil BP rockets as well as some 44-400s and some Pro-Ms mixed in there as well. These do come in 25 through 28 ounce. The bat we're swinging in the video is a 27. And this is a Headbanger Sports exclusive. Comes in a limited edition of 350 for each colorway. There is the yellow one and there's also the orange one. Same exact bat. 12 inch barrel with a three quarter to full ounce of inload. It features their continuous fiber barrel with a ZNX alloy handle that will increase the stiffness and durability, meaning less flex in the handle for 
more deflection and improved bearer performance. This is approved for each USA, NSA, and ISA play. And just real quick, let's nerd out here and look at some of the measurements we got with this thing with the scale on the compression tester. On a scale, this one came in at 26.7, and the Demarinis have been known to run light in the past, so I didn't get too excited about that. And again, like I've said it a thousand times in my videos, scale weights don't mean crap to me. And honestly, I only include it because you guys asked me to. Had I not put this on a scale and saw 26.7, I would have never thought a thing about it. People think way too hard about scale weights. For Demarini, this is pretty standard operation. And moving into the compression tester. And we did expect it to be a little bit high. The Demarinis usually start pretty high on like the low 300s and then drop down fairly quick. But this one, for whatever reason, took a while to drop down. We put 100 swings on it the first day and it dropped 10 pounds of compression. So we knew that this thing needed to break in and needed to loosen up. The feel of the inload, the feel of the barrel, just the whole bat in general felt amazing. So we knew once this barrel got loosened up and got to perform in a little bit, this bat was going to be incredible. So after we got our swings on it and finally got this thing loosened up, you see it coming in in the 280s. And that still surprises me considering how this thing hit. Because I thought for sure, man, we're looking at probably close to like 260, maybe two, mid 250s. But to see it in the 280s absolutely blew my mind. I don't know what they've done to get these to hit so well. The compression is so high, but I'm not mad about it. I mean, what's wrong with having a bat you can hit in BP and game as well? All you BP guys that like to take a lot of swings, this is going to be a great bat for you. But I'm going to tell you, you got to be patient. You have to be patient when you get one of these and start your break-in process, but it will reward you in the end. And to shoot you 100% straight, the only reason why this doesn't make no question the best is because it does need the break-in period that a lot of people just don't want to mess with. So this is absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, something you got to have in the bag. Because outside of that, I felt like this thing was performing just as well as the Louisville's. And in my opinion, the Louisville's are the top of the food chain as far as the 240s go. Put the time into breaking one of these in, and you'll have a rocket launcher. The open field we're hitting on does not do justice to the fact that we were easily hitting balls 300 feet with this thing. You can be sure and hit me up, and I can get you hooked up with one of these. Thanks to Headbanger Sports for sending this to us, so we can try it out and get a review on it for you guys. And I do not know what's going on with my man Brian's shorts here, but uh, these gotta go. But trust me, we're going to work on that. But in the meantime, what I need you to do is swing hard in case you hit it, subscribe to the channel, and I'll catch you in the next video. We're back in the action. Get our music going again. Way too loud, I know. There. Uh, Blue Panda was the wind actually at my back in this video. So, yes and no. I, I guess I should have mentioned that in the video because you can hear it whipping around in there. Um, the wind was actually, best way to describe it would be basically blowing basically third to second. 
So I don't know if you technically can say that at our backs or not. It was basically, it was, it was literally blowing from, I guess, straight across the field. It was blowing from third base directly to second base. And it was a change. At least it wasn't blowing straight in. The place where we wanted to hit, the wind would have been blowing, literally just roaring straight in on top of us. But, man, like the, the exit speed, the, the, I hate hitting on open fields. But sometimes you got to do what you got to do. But, I mean, rocket launcher, man. Just absolute rocket launcher. Some of the exit speed we were getting on those is absolutely stupid. Let's see if I can find it. I'll, I'll, I don't know. I'll put up. I'll, maybe I'll mention it in the comments or something down below. So Brian actually hit a ball of damn near 400 feet with this thing. Even with the crosswind going, it was a, a good ball. I'll say that. It wasn't your run-of-the-mill Pro-M. There, we have like three or four long-haul bomber balls snuck in there. So Brian and I have kind of made a game out of like sneaking it in there. It's obviously there's four balls in a bag of 200. It's not worth pointing out. You know, oh, we got we got some of these mixed in too. It's just it's something Brian and I do more for giggles. And a lot of the times those bats, those balls don't make it into the videos because we usually miss hit them trying to do dumb shit like a bunch of idiots. <laughs> uh, Tony, so that was the DeMarini Stadium that you just saw here. Um, that'll be going up on the channel as soon as I get done wrapped up with this video. But taking that segue, we're going to finish up. Okay, we did finish up with our bat list. So talking about hitting softballs far and doing it consistently enough to go for a world record. This was on the BP Hero Facebook page for those that did not see. Maybe you're an anti-Facebooker, which is partially fine. I want to say partially because I got a friend of mine that I give him a really hard time for not being on Facebook. So <laughs> I got to, I got to, you know, keep it a little bit real, right? But at the end of the day, social media, is social media, participate in what you want out of it. I just like to give people crap. So when stuff happens to me, I know why it's just karma paying itself back. So let's watch this little tidbit of a video here. And also, comment if you remember this. I know some of the guys in the comment section did on the Facebook side of things. That's not right. I want a screen cap. The struggle is real, guys. That's not the one I wanted either. Oh, my stars. What is happening to me? Okay, here we go. The struggle truly is real. I got to get better at these transitions.
Space Coast Daily is here at uh, Liberty Park in Palm Bay, Florida with the man, the power, the uh, the finest hitter in Brevard County for these softballs. Todd Erickson, what kind of uh, exhibition are you going to put on tonight for us? Um, Hopefully I cleared the ring. Real quick, real quick. Look at this guy right here. This guy is fucking pumped to be here. He is jacked up. He is ready to go. He is excited that this is going on. I just want to throw that out there. Uh, this uh, skating rink out here at Liberty Park, I've come close a couple of times. Um, one on video that was uh, measured out of 537. So today, uh, you know, I made, I tinkered around my swing a little bit and made some adjustments, and I'm looking to hit one, definitely hit one further than that today. Okay, well, last time we were at uh, Space Coast Stadium in Vieira, we'd come down to Palm Bay. This is a bigger area. We're looking to even hit it further this time, Todd. We've got no light poles to damage here like the stadium. So mm-hmm. we're, we're going to turn you loose. I'm going to see what... Have you got done any different, anything different from the last time we, we met? Any new training techniques? Or any, have you been developing any more power? How do you feel tonight? I feel good. Um, you'll see in my swing, it's going to look a little different than it did last time at Space Coast. Um, just a couple of things with, I'm doing with my hands, uh, using my hips a little bit more and... You know, hopefully I'll, I'll demonstrate some of that today and hit them a lot further than I did last time. Okay, well, the, the uh, Todd Erickson posse is back there. They have lined up uh, the measuring uh, tool so we can really measure the distance tonight. What do you think is, what's your expectation tonight to, to hit? I'm, I'm saying 550 or better. 550, okay. Yeah. And uh, the absolute uh, best hit you made so far is what? Uh, measured out 559. 559, okay, well... Space Coast Daily is here with Todd Erickson. We're going to go for 559 tonight. So regardless of the equipment this man is using, because I, I I think there is some questionable equipment here. And that's not taking away from the fact that 541 feet is a long freaking way, dude. That That's just insane. But even I, I, Brian and I had this discussion today at work. This man with stock equipment still hitting 450 plus, I bet. It, it, well, this is years ago. This was, gosh, what I think I'll have to look at the year in the video after we get done here. But I think 450 plus with a, a stock bat and a pro M, just just based on the the power that this guy's generating, I I think that's a real thing. And yes, I understand that there's, you know, you got your Harveys and you and your guys that are doing this stuff, but um, and maybe they don't want to for a multitude of reasons. But this man's out here putting himself out here. Doing what apparently he loves, but just listen, listen to the sound of the, the of the bat when he hits the ball. It's just different, right? So we say some of these guys, you know, watching some of these conference guys hit, like it sounds different. Or the guys that hit really, really hard, like like good hitters, it just sounds different when they hit it, right? Well, this guy is one of these sound different guys. I mean, just just listen to this. Questioning the choice of the red L one there. 
Want to know the reason why I question the equipment that's in his hands? Because nobody's trying to hit a world record softball. Well, a few minutes into the warm-up, Todd's been uh, shelling the guys out there in the, in the skating rink. That one uh, went 500-plus. Todd, how do you feel tonight? Good, good. Just starting to get my timing down and warming up a little bit and getting ready to tie into some and hopefully clear that rink. Okay, and what are the conditions like tonight, you feel, for your attempt? Uh, probably, you know, seven, eight miles an hour going out, so... You know, a little bit of an overcast, but it's it's not bad. Okay, Todd Erickson's warmed up. Let's see what happens now. Careful here, but designed within firing range of Todd Erickson. In fact, here comes one now. We are 520 feet from where Todd is hitting the ball right now. We're in the skating room. We have to kind of keep our wits about us. Todd is, uh, we're in the shell zone of Todd Erickson. <laughs> the shell zone, he says. Wow. Like, like, just the, the rotational power there. I promise you that man's swinging a heavy ass bat. Wow. Wow. David Suazo, uh, you're a cancer survivor. You've been out pitching the balls tonight. Uh, what message do you have for people out there who are fighting cancer? Well, the message I have is to always have hope. Always try different things. If what you're trying isn't working, try something else. You know, I was, uh, I had stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I was terminal. I had less than six months to live. I took chemo, and it wasn't working. I tried something different. That's why the products that we offer, uh, that we're sponsoring for this hitting here, um, I believe in them. I believe in alternative treatments. I believe in treatments that work. So if, if someone has cancer, my message is don't lose hope. Find something you believe in. Okay, so. This man is putting himself out there in the capacity that he's willing to say, hey, look, I'm trying to hit the the world's longest softball. And we're not talking with a roll. And rumor has it uh, he got close to 560 feet. But the 541 was documented. He got close to 560 feet later, and that was also uh, documented. So, like, you're shooting for a record, which means you can get there. You're not getting there every swing, don't get me wrong. But a 500-foot home run in any conditions is something that I will never even fathom. Well, just, I mean, not even in a million years. 400 feet's like my 500 feet. <laughs> But put in perspective the fact that this man is hitting the ball 
500 plus feet enough times. Like they're out here putting markers up and in in this kind of thing. That's just wild. And some of the background with this guy, rumor has it that he had no baseball experience. He didn't play sports in high school. He was just a behemoth of a human being that wanted to go out and play some tournament softball with his buddies on the weekends. This man, as far as I know, never played in the conference, never went on the long haul bomber tour. None of that stuff. He didn't want to. He wanted to play with his friends. Mad props. If the, if if he held true to that, mad props. But I remember back on softball fans always talking about that place. Love the forum there. This guy was active on the forum, posting his videos, talking about his stuff, and people were ripping him. People were flaming him, and people saying the same things I were, I were, I was. Um, yeah, I do believe that those bats were not stock. I I I feel confident in saying that. But what's why does there have to be regulation? He's not playing somewhere sanctioned. He's not playing a sanctioned sport. He doesn't have to fall within a certain criteria of rules. He just has to go out and hit one ball further than the last one. Adam says he did play a touch of conference. Okay, I did not know that. With power like that, you could just pick that guy up and come play the stadium, the, the stadium tournaments, go to the Smoky, go to the Unlimited stuff. He'd make somebody a hell of a DHH. But the one thing that I noticed in watching, you can Todd Erickson is this man's name. The one thing I noticed going through and watching some of the other videos and stuff of him on YouTube is a guy like him, it's got to be the perfect pitch for him to hit like that. Because that's the way his swing is built. His swing is built to do one thing. And it has to have a certain pitch to do that one thing. It's not saying that he can't hit other pitches far. Or he can't hit other pitches hard. But to get that kind of distance on out of something, is it has to be the perfect pitch. But even then, the balls that he's going out and getting, or the balls that he's not getting exactly how he wants to, I would want absolutely no part of. Not even a little bit, under no consideration or any circumstance, Am I standing in front of a top-line drive hit by that man? No shot. But what is that like, I wonder? I wonder if that guy is still active anywhere, softball-wise or on Facebook-wise. We should have him on and just ask him what it's like to be consistent enough of a home run hitter at 500 feet that you're willing to put yourself out there and shoot for this world record and feel okay with it. Look at the look in his eyes. The body language, the way he talks, he is is confident. He's not, eh, we, we might, maybe today, uh, you know, just, just out here trying to do my best. No, he, he's like, hey, dog, hey, look, I'm done warming up. The bullshit's over. Like, I'm, I'm done warming up. Let's, let's get it going, right? Just, that, that's just crazy to me. It's absolutely insane. I wish... I could radiate that kind of confidence. But I also wish I was 6'5 and built like a brick shit house like that guy is. Monster of a human being. But beyond the beyond the point. I just thought that was really cool. Something that 
I stumbled across and thought, hey, you know what? It'd be kind of a good topic for the podcast. So we talked about it. Yeah, Tony, the guy found the rat formula of balls and bats and weather and needles in his hip and everything else. <laughs> his, his, to be honest, his physique didn't scream uh, foul play, if, if you know what I mean. But who knows? And quite frankly, who cares? He's under no regulation. He doesn't have a set of rules he has to fall under. All he has to do is hit every ball further than the last one. He doesn't have to hit a four-foot high pitch or a five-foot high pitch or a six-foot high pitch or have both feet in the box or swing a bat with a certain stamp or hit a ball with a certain stamp or worry about getting pump faked or worry about hitting into a double play. No. He's got to worry about hitting the next softball further than the last one. That's it. Sometimes people get way hung up in hitting home runs. Guilty as charged. But imagine getting in a box and knowing your only job is just to just be a freaking donkey. Imagine, right? But listen... That's going to do it for the podcast. Ten-hour days are back at work. Dad's got to go to bed. Be on the lookout on the other channel for the video. I know you just watched it here. And I don't give a damn if you play the video and walk away. Give it a view over there. Help your boy out, right? No snacks, not another hour. No. You can go back and listen to the hour that, that I just gave everyone else. And you can be fine with it. Okay? Especially after your negativity on the Facebook post. Talking about, uh, Voltage was an ASA bat. Now they make a, a U-Trip bat. It's kind of weak. Kind of dumb. You know what, Snacks? I said it and I mean it. Grumpy Snacks is entered the chat. <laughs> so guys, that's going to conclude the podcast for this evening. Thanks for stopping in and hanging out. Checking it out. Listen to me ramble about my bat list and 500 foot home runs. And bat companies all doing different things, even though they have the same parent company. And Apple Air Tags. And softball and everything else. Swing hard in case you hit it. BB Hero, catch you next time.